Well, hello again, and as always, I have a terrific guest. So grab your whatever is in it. I'll take a sip. Mm. Let's get going. So just reminding you again, who am I? Valerie Sokolowski. Yes, I'm an author, and you'll see in a moment some of my books. But why am I doing this is what's important. Because I've always had a passion in Valerie and Company, our leadership development firm, in developing authentic leaders. In other words, working with men and women to get them and us to just be real, just show up and show your wonderfulness. When I had an opportunity to do this podcast, it was wonderful. I was earlier in broadcasting, so this allowed me to get back in it. So that's who and what. Now, let me start out by telling you, <laughs> when I met my guest today, Carol Merrick, and you'll see her and hear from her in just a moment, she's the author of a book called Solo and Smart. Isn't that interesting? And my first question to her was, Carol, um, who are you? <laughs> and admittedly, it took her back. And here's what she said, quote, I'm a powerful woman full of to-dos. Well, stay tuned. You'll hear more. Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. So I want to welcome Carol Merrick, author of Solo and Smart. Carol, welcome to the show. Thank you, Valerie. It's such a pleasure to be here. What an honor. Thank oh, you. It's an honor to have you. I want to hear about all of this. And let's just start with when we had our pre-interview. You kind of set it up with the way I'm setting it up, which is your early life how you had to be powerful and you had a bunch of to-do lists. So tell us about that. Well, you know, it, it really grabs me thinking mm -hmm. about when I was a child growing up, how I really was my own leader mm -hmm. in terms of, because I never felt like I was raised by my parents. My mom was really focused on the other children since she had four and I was the youngest. So I kind of fell uh, to the bottom of oh. the list. Uh, and my dad was uh, a very strong introvert and he provide, he was our provider. So he worked all the time. Uh, so that kind of left me raising myself. Uh, it was, so, I mean, it still grabs my gut. And you're uh, holding, just sorry to interrupt, but both times you said that, yes. Carol, you really are holding your gut like this yes. is deep. Yeah, it, and it is, sure. it is. Uh, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about myself. I've had to uh, taken a lot of therapy, done a lot of training. Uh, everything I've done for what I'm doing today has been through my own effort. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, and there's no nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, I, I just thank you for bringing that up because it, it makes me really appreciate 
from where I came mm-hmm. and who I am becoming. And you know, Carol, just you saying that is interesting because some people could say, oh, I had such a tough life and and you're all, I mean, everything about you is uplifting. And so I have to go on and then just say, how did the book come about? What's your background to get to a book from I was a child and I was always helping mom? Mom and my siblings, I was the go-to person to help around the house. And and then in my later years, at the time I was living in California in the high-tech business, I was a sales manager, and my parents became, of course, they got older, right? And they became ill. My parents were living here in Texas, and I was born and raised here. Uh, and once my parents' health started failing, I wanted to be with them. I wanted to help take care of them. And I didn't want them to die without us kind of mending our relationships. Mm. So I moved back to Texas. And uh, and I'm, I'm so happy I did because Texas is a better fit for me. <laughs> me too. <laughs> so I had the opportunity to uh, help my parents. My mom lived with several chronic illnesses. My dad lived with Alzheimer's. And... It was very burdensome for them as well as for for me and my sisters who helped take care of them. So as that all evolved after they both died, I realized, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I'm I'm still solo, and I'm single. I've uh, I have no children who I can rely on like my parents did. Sure. Uh, so that really got me thinking, and it was actually my wake-up call. Uh, so thank God for that, because it it awakened me to, Carol, what are you going to do mm-hmm. when you get older? And uh, so I call that, you know, like I said, I call that my wake-up call. I, I started a Facebook group because I realized, well, I wonder how many other people are like me. I knew my sister is unmarried and has no children, and I have a few cousins who are in the same circumstance. And I thought, well, I wonder how many other people are. So I created a Facebook group. What are the statistics? Uh, Well, it's growing every day, quite frankly. The U.S. uh, Census report in 2020 says that there are 14 million of people who uh, will single women aging alone. However, the 65 plus is even larger, and that's closer to almost 30% of the population. My goodness, had no idea. It's remarkable. Mm -hmm. It's remarkable. There's a study that AARP did with the National Housing Museum in Washington, D.C., Back in 2017, they discovered that the largest American household today are solo adults. It's no longer 28% of the American household are singles, as opposed to the nuclear family, which came in at, uh, I think, 20%. So this is a big deal. It really is. This is a big deal. It's huge. One of the things that you talked about with me was uh, to be your own, take care of yourself. We have to take care of ourselves, to be our own advocate. 
Carol, I'd never thought about being my own advocate. That's not the word I would have put in place. So what do you mean by that? Um, to take care of ourselves. Physically, mentally, well, both, of, both course. of course, mentally, in our heart, in mm -hmm. our souls, and, um, and to stand up for ourselves. You know, if you truly believe in something, and if, for example, if you go to the doctor, for example, and, and they want you to take a test, or they think you should maybe change your diet, or, or what have you, and I'm not, I'm not advocating changing your doctor, to change your doctor, or to argue with your doctor. However, there are many times where I do tell my doctor no. That's interesting in that recently, Carol, I have a friend who unfortunately has been diagnosed with breast cancer. And the doctor outlined the plan. I'm sure you would have done what she did. <laughs> she went back and she did her own research and they wanted to do a mastectomy. And next thing I know, she's emailing me and saying, not to worry, I have figured it out. <laughs> And I went back to the doctor and I asked him, would there be any reason why we couldn't do this plan and do this treatment and do this and do this and do this? And sure enough, they came up with a different plan. I thought that was really interesting. Yes. Yes. Well, good for her. Good for her is right. The other thing is you said something I really liked on uh, page 18. Be your best friend. Page, see, do you see everyone? You know I read all books <laughs> if it's an author on the show. And so I have these tags. So on page 18, you talked about be your own, your best friend. Um, I never thought of that either. Be my own best friend. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, come to think of it, you know, as we started out this conversation, I was my best friend since I was able to walk. Yes. Necessity wise. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I took care of myself. Uh, I made the best decisions that I knew at the time to make. Uh, so it's pretty. it was easy for me to be my best friend because I've been alone a lot. Uh, and unfortunately, so many of us rely on other people's opinion or we become dependent upon them for whatever, you know, our um, just feeling good about ourselves. Yes. And... We really, well, I, for me, it works well. And, and I highly recommend looking out for yourself first, not in a, not in a um, uh, egotistical way, you sure. know, and thinking that you're better than everyone. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying making sure that you're well taken care of and that you're treated with respect and you're heard. And you're heard. Yes. So what would what would you tell a young woman today how to ask for what you want? Uh, well, first off, I, I would advise uh, that individual or, or woman to get clear on what it is that you want uh, and try, try to not come from a position of pleasing another person, hmm. but yourself. 
and trusting yourself, knowing that you either want a new job or you want um, what whatever it is your your desire is. Um, make sure that it it's good for you. Make sure that it will meet your needs, and then. Uh, do everything you can to achieve it. If it means learning new skills, then then do that. But always be prepared before you start making big changes. Mm. You know. Yes. Yes, which is one of your top takeaways that you know I always ask people for. Was um, you talked about expectations? <clears throat> your quote: "Have goals without expectations." When you have expectations, you're putting goals in a box. Talk a little bit about that. Yes, that, that was a very interesting statement that I made the other night. <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a really deep one. I mean, let me say it again to, for the audience. Listen up. Have goals without expectations. See, that stopped me for a minute, Carol. But you went on to say, when you have expectations, you're putting goals in a box. Don't put your don't put constraints on your goals. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For example, we can use my book, for example. Okay. When I started to write my book five years ago, <laughs> it took a while. It, over the five years, it changed a great deal mm. uh, because it wasn't the book that I was supposed to write initially. It became the book that I was that was inside of me. Now, had I been married to and uh, really uh, attached to the original book, it, it wouldn't have made much sense. Now, this book mm. makes is a complete guide for a person to to follow. If, if you have some question, uh, if you're questioning yourself on where you are right now, where you want to be, and how to get there, mm -hmm. this is a complete guide to do that. Because when I was a family caregiver, it was astonishing to me, of course, this was 20 years ago, there wasn't much information for family caregivers on how to take care of an aging person or aging parent. And I often th had the thought, why can't we come up with an assessment of tell me, telling me as the caretaker, care, care uh -huh. telling me where my parents are right now in, in all of the top 10 domains, like their health and where they live and uh, their social connections, uh, you know, where they're falling short, because there wasn't anything like that. And how do I assess where my parents are right now? Well, this book is that. And, and it, what's really remarkable is I had the thought about this assessment 20 years ago, and it finally came into uh, existence. Played out. It did. So we have to have patience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yes. And a couple more uh, takeaways that I particularly liked that you said, Carol, um, you said, don't rush life. Don't rush life. That hit me like, ooh, ooh, because what do we do if we are doers? And I think most of people in business become doers if you weren't already, because we get to the task and we do, we do, we do, we do, we do. Is there anything looking back? And sometimes it's okay to look back. Uh, any decision that you wish could be a do-over? 
Oh, gosh, so many. <laughs> so many. Uh, I wish, uh, the first one is, I wish I had studied more in high school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could relate to that. And I wish I had applied my, you know, my mental abilities rather than having fun mm. so much. And my skills mm -hmm. into kind of hone my skills, learn new skills and hone them. Like writing, I had it at 12, I wanted to write a book at 12. You did? I did, but I didn't have the wherewithal to learn the skills of writing mm -hmm. back then. So I, I started doing that 20 years ago. Um, so, you, you know, it just takes so much patience. I mean, there's a lot of um, makeovers I wish I could do. <laughs> However, I can't. You know, I can't, can't do it. We can't and, do it. And there's a reason for that. I am because of where I've been, you know, because of the decisions I made, even though so many of them were, you know, not the as good as they could have been for me. Oh, that's that's our journey, isn't it? Yes. Looking back. Don't look yes. back in horror, though, <laughs> as we've moved on. I always just say, you know, when I'm coaching clients, I, I keep them moving forward counselors can go back if they want to but boy coaches you know this we are always moving the ball forward that's for sure let me ask you a couple of questions that i think are fun um what what is a trigger for you something that just really mm, gets your goat oh geez i'm not sure i should say that on air <laughs> say it graciously it's okay um I think that there isn't a God mm. that, that really gets my goat. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, um, let's see, what do I want to ask you? If you, <laughs> if you today, because you do have so much wisdom and you are writing a book about the rest of our lives, if you could have a dinner party, I know a lot of podcasters ask this, but specifically for you, if you could have a dinner party and only invite three people, oh. famous people, who might be at your table and how would you set it up? Oh, wow. Um, one that comes to mind, of course, is Jesus Christ. Uh, the second one is uh, John F. Kennedy Jr., not junior, senior. Mm -hmm. And the third one, I'll have to think about that one. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But those are the two primary ones. And so the third one would have to be another woman. Hmm. And Who do you admire as a woman that we might know? Uh, I would say Maya Angelou hmm. because she's so real and she comes from her heart. To invite her to your I would, party. Yes, I would definitely invite her. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carol, you've been on other shows and you do a lot of speaking. What's a question no one's ever asked you and maybe you'd like to answer? Uh, only on shows that I've been asked or not ha have been asked. <laughs> um, am I happy with the person I am today? No. Are you happy with the person you are today? Yes, very much. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you for asking. I am. And it's taken a while, 
to get here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm glad you said that because I think we'll always have that imposter syndrome. That's a big title now, right? Carol, yes. it's a big title. Yes. But I've said this on the show before and I'll say it again. Research says that people who get to the top still have those moments, whether they show it or not, where it's like, oh, if they only knew, I don't know that. Or I wonder if they'll find out that I am really not as capable as I should be. All those kind of things. So all of that to say, it's okay <laughs> to feel that way rather than I know it all. <laughs> because that's called too big an ego. And they're never going to be on the show. You know that. <laughs> Let me mention a couple of other things that um, I thought was wonderful, and that is, as a, as a, again, a top takeaway. I liked it a lot when you said, you have what it takes to not be fearful for the future. Carol, there is so much fear now, as we both know. In just the chaos of life and what's happening around us and around the world, it's not easy to not allow that little crack of fear to come in. And so when you said that, you you do have, you said it with power, which by the way, audience, I thought this was interesting. I asked Carol, because you know I do a lot of branding, personal branding. I said, Carol, what is one word that you would use to identify yourself? Do you remember what you said? It wasn't that powerful? Yes. Yes. And you said it powerful. You said yes. it just like, mm, yes. I want I want to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> but back to the point, you have what it takes not to be fearful. Isn't that really a lot about what this is about? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's it's really about owning who you are, owning your experiences, and. And also honoring the skills and the talents and the person that you've become. Mm. Well, one final note on that one, or to tag on to that one, that just reminds me of a time, Carol, where I was in a workshop doing a leadership development workshop. And at a particular point, I asked everyone to take out a pen and on their work, book, wherever they wanted to take, they were taking notes. I said, just start listing all of the things that are your wonderfulness. What, what's your wonderfulness look like? <laughs> and this is what happened. Pen in hand, paper down here, and nothing moved. <laughs> and I looked around the room and I thought, okay, I've got to do something here. And so I helped them get going. Wow. And the point is, it took them a while to even think to themselves, hey, I'm really good at this and this and this. No one did that. No one just started saying, yeah, okay, well, I'm good at this. And it took them a while. Hmm. Did you, do you find that interesting? I find that, yes, I'm surprised. Yes. Wow. I was too. I will say it was a group of younger sort of emerging oh, leaders. Okay. But then when they started, they started writing. So it all ended up good. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, one final thing before I, I um, let you go. 
On page 128, I wanted to go to this because I thought it was also very, very good. Okay, Valerie, 128, and I don't have my glasses on. Do you need mine? Here we go. <laughs> I've got it highlighted. <laughs> Listen to this, audience. Legacy does not always carry, legacy does not always carry a bag of medals and trophies. But what do we work for? Medals and trophies and success. A bag of paycheck or a trust fund, leaving the world a better place or inspiring another is far more significant than making a lot of money. Yes, leaving behind love, mm. love and caring for other people. So needed today. Yes. So needed today. Carol, you have a wonderful resource for people and I recommend it highly. I have read it and uh, it's really good, solo and smart. If people want to have you come and speak to their group or get in touch with you, would you be willing to share, and Ziggy's gonna have it at the banner of underneath it, how to reach you? Absolutely, I would love that. Uh, you can go to my website, carolmarock.com, or send me an email to carol at carolmarock.com. And you. that's M-A-R-A-K, which you can see on the banner. <laughs> Carol, thank you so much. What a joy to meet you, to get to know you. More good times will come. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And so stay tuned for just a moment because... First of all, I never mentioned my books, and I do have two on Amazon, so just so you know, Do It Right, from which the show is named. And then I wrote a book about a mentor and a mentee, Monday Morning Leadership for Women. And it's fun. It's a conversation between the mentor and the mentee, and it was so fun as I had both, both voices and wrote that book. It was probably the most fun book that I've written. So I encourage you to get those. Now I want to end with um, just saying a couple of things. First of all, I would love to be able to work with you or within your company. You know that my specialty is how you show up. That's your presence. Just how you communicate, how you look, how you act, how you walk, how you talk, how you are, and then of course the who you are. And so there's a lot of workshops around your presence and your brand. You just email and let me know if that's a possibility for us to work together. And now my Valerieism for today. And here it is. I think we need hope today. So I want to give you four tips to just bring you hope. And I'm spelling it out. H-O-P-E. That's the four. The H stands for have hope in staying happy. Because what I've learned from experience is that happiness is a choice. You can learn to create positive things into that brain of ours or allow too much of the doldrum things and that just brings you down, 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 spiraling down, down. So that's the first one. H is for hope with staying happy. O is look for opportunities to find joy, they're not just going to come to you. You can't just pick a flower, but you can sure look at the bouquet. Find those opportunities in the little things that bring you joy. 
P is pace yourself. I needed that one, so it came easily. Pace yourself. At the end of the day, it's too easy, I'll speak for myself, to go to bed so exhausted because I have not paced myself. So frankly, I'm working on that one. Pace yourself. And the E is enjoy the moments in life. The moments in life. Stop. Take time once in a while. Get up from the computer. Go have a cup of coffee. Take a walk outside, whatever it is. Take the time for you. Until next time, stay happy. Have another cup of coffee. And I'll be there with another great guest. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.